This is Robert Merlachi of the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian NetTech, special summit edition as we have nine days to go. I'm honored to have joined me for a Mindshare Learning Moment sneak peek with Ho Ying Chung, who is the CEO and founder of Remo, which is a state-of-the-art immersive uh, collaboration platform we're honored to be partnering with and uh, hosting a, an immersive experience at our 12th Canadian International EdTech Leadership Summit. Thank you for joining me, uh, Ho Yin. Pleasure to be here, Robert. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. So uh, we're in great company, having both studied in Southern California, you at the University of San Diego, um, UC, and um, bioengineering degree. Uh, a little bit about Ho Yang. Um, he is an entrepreneurial visionary with a knack for being ahead of the curve, accurately predicting the social and psychological harms associated with social media. He's moved from his successful social media agency to pursue the future of humanizing digital interactions. He went on to pioneer technology and groundbreaking concepts in remote work real-time virtual collaboration in just over one year. Chunk has grown Remo from five to over a hundred members of his team, all working globally. He is currently passionate about creating authentic conversations that drive meaningful relationships in the most human way possible with the help of technology. And that's what we're excited about achieving at our summit. We're really excited about our partnership uh, Ho Yang, I have to say, what inspired uh, the innovation around Remon? Fascinating concept that people are really appreciating the immersive element and the 3D aspect that we're going to introduce. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started um, leading remote teams for over eight, nine years now, and um, before the pandemic. And we had this, we had a challenge that we all feel now is that connecting people online who we work with is very difficult um and i actually lost several team members because you know back in the day we were using skype and trying to like communicate connect we weren't using you know microsoft teams or slack or zoom or whatever and we found the problem was that we i couldn't connect people in a human enough way that i can understand and feel what they're feeling what they want and what their needs are and what the challenges are and so um, what ended up happening is I started to create this virtual office, which is what Remo was originally built for. And I'll show some screens later. Um, and Remo was supposed to solve like these hallway conversations. Like we we're trying to create a space where you could create authentic conversations that drive meaningful relationships. When we first created that product, no one, it was very difficult to sell. No one really bought it. And so by chance, we, co we collaborated with this one company that um, was doing this virtual summit, which back in the day they were called virtual summits, right? And we right. said, hey, why don't we tweak our product a bit and just allow people to come in and do events instead of working there? And after 10,000 people, three day event, we were trying to sell them um, virtual office. We made some modifications to the conference, and no one bought the virtual office. Not a single person bought it, but everyone came to us and said, 
oh my gosh, I want to, I want to host an event on Remo. It was so amazing. It was great. And I said, but we're, we're a virtual office company. Like, why, why, what, I don't care. I don't care if any virtuals. Can you do this for my event? And that was when it started, where we started to pivot into virtual events. And right. it was okay because we realized virtual events achieved our goal even better than virtual office. And so that is what how it came about, how we kind of pivoted into virtual events. Well, I, I appreciate the pivot and the impact that you made and your openness to and listening skills, right? Because we, we tend to know that a lot of in, inventors are passionate about their products and don't see the forest for the trees because, you know, Facebook originally started as a dating a tool, right? To upload your profile right. and that didn't work. And you're, so it's always wow. fascinating hearing these stories about the pivot and, and, and then, and making that connection. Right. And, and, right. and you achieved that. We were Absolutely. one of the early adopters. We, we used uh, Remo well over a year ago. And one of our sponsors said, we want to come back specifically because of the experience we had with Remo and connecting with the conference delegates, because it was the most connectedness experience that they had right. the entire year attending multiple conferences so how does that make you feel i mean that that makes me feel awesome because that's those are the times where i feel like you know remo is such a great um product because it just helps people connect and, and that's what makes me happy it makes me you know right. i get a lot of gratification from that you know it's interesting you studied engineering and you're focusing on humanizing the experience. I really appreciate that. There was a famous professor from the University of Toronto who talked about back in the 60s that we create the technology and the technology shapes us. Right. Yeah, so I, I definitely have a lot of um, opinions about, about this topic. So, I mean, for me personally, I feel that you know technology should be um, adapted to us, like they should mold to who we are, not the other way around. Um, right. I think there's a lot of things that are happening in the world today, like social media, Facebook, a lot of kind of stuff. And to me, I think technology has now been sort of manipulating us to a certain extent. And, mm -hmm. and we don't have, it's not, we, we created the technology and the technology is manipulating mm -hmm. us. But we just don't understand it. And that to me is not human. That that to me is should not happen at all. Like it should it should be, um, it should be banned. It should be illegal to do that because and it gets viral under control, right? Yeah, yeah. And weird things start happening, which is what we all see today. You know, no matter wh which side you're on about any single issue, it's like you just see things just get really you know out of whack, and and that's not normal, right? And so technology needs to be humanized where I believe that it needs to match the behaviors of how human beings do things. The sequencing and the order of things has to match how we meet people. And that has to be human enough because you, you, when was the last time you built a full out relationship just by meeting someone on Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. or on LinkedIn? You know, what, what are the odds of actually building a solid, good relationship? And then, by the way, it happens. 
you know, online dating, it happens. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard. And so I feel like there's a fundamental gap between what we're all getting, we're all used to interacting with online, but really be having immersive experience and having that video, uh, seeing someone video to do what? Produce trust. Because right. you have to have trust in order to have a connection, have a relationship, and, be, and move beyond that. Like, there's no way that you can just use text alone. So a lot of virtual events are just text, right? There's some video components, one to many, but it's so passive, right? And and that's the part where I'm like, you know, this is what I think real interaction, right. real learn, real education, when engagement happens, is when you have- well, And that's, so, that's a so great segue to the theme of our summit, um, which is leading from a crisis to future-proofing learning, right? We've seen so much past year uh, utilizing learning in a crisis and um, our internet's acting up here. Uh, and so as we get beyond the crisis, we need to think about how do we mitigate future uh, interruptions and risks, um, you know, leveraging the tools that really make sense. And uh, so you've pivoted, you started offering these virtual summits, and now you've made a further pivot into education, which was really a, a, a natural evolution that I saw for you. And Hence, we reached out to you, and I, I, it was one of the quickest partnerships we've ever forged. So kudos to you and your team for your agility and your desire to, to forge a mutually beneficial partnership. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, like, um, and, and, and is that education, uh, there's a lot of use cases with education. What we realized, and um, and also what we realized, that a lot, we're, we're developing a lot of deeper relationships with education. Um, you know, we're our goal is not to create um, these sort of quick transactional relationships. Like our goal is to develop a long-term relationship with universities to help them transform what we call what we internally what we call it is really digital transformation for universities to get into this post-pandemic world. Um, there's different ways you can look at it and there's different, there's, there's a scale. It depends on like the university and what, what, what they are aiming to get out of. There's one scale, which is you develop a backup system. So that if something like this were to happen, you would have the right tools in order to switch on and to go forward. So these are typical, so, you know, not everyone, every university doesn't, some universities don't want to go online fully and they just want to still do offline, but they want to have a backup system. So that is something that I think you should do. You should definitely invest in having a backup. It should be the first thing you do if you're not doing right. the latter. The latter is full hybrid or like really developing. And, and let, me, let, me, let me clarify what hybrid, um, there's two types of hybrid. One is mm -hmm. you have one session and it's virtual and physical at the same time. Another type of hybrid is you have one class that is virtual 
and you have a separate class taught potentially by separate people, but in general, it's just a separate time. But it's only online participants. It's only online participants. So it's a different mode. So it's like an online course, you could say. It's like an online course. Um, Robert, you're, you're frozen. I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Robert? Hello? Robert? Yeah, I can hear you. You're Robert, uh, freezing up a little bit. Yeah, I'm here. I can hear you. Okay, okay cool. Um, I don't know how much was caught on by that, but yeah, what, I what, hear I was, you. Um, what I was saying was, um, what I was right. saying was that like the, um, the, the, you can have an online course and a physical course and they're both courses running in parallel. Um, and so that's like another, you know, model that to me is the ultimate model. Like university shouldn't focus on that because right. that allows you to be post pandemic proof and it allows you to serve a much larger audience. Like if you can get an online course, universities can now access an entirely different revenue audience that they could not have done before because it was strictly physical, physical. 100%. And, you, you... and so depend, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, finish up. Yeah, and so um, it's so to me, like, you know, Remo can help you do the online courses and hybrid, and um, being forward thinking enough to say, hey, we need to develop an online course and dig like, like commit to that for the next five to ten years. Right now is the perfect time to consider that. Um, right. Figure out how to do that. Incredible. We've seen mass innovation. In uh, I've been immersed in EdTech at my company's 25th anniversary. I launched Kevin O'Leary's startup, a learning company back in the day, the Reader Rabbit product, Kid Fix, from 25 years ago. In that time, we had perhaps 30 to 40% of teachers who used tech-infused pedagogy. The pandemic and tools like yourself, we saw 100% use of some form of tech-infused pedagogy because of necessity. And it, necessity is the mother of innovation, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, because like my dad, uh, my dad's a retired professor, actually. So he oh, interesting. taught biology. He was, and he was also the head of department um, of biology at Illinois State University. So I was originally from Illinois. I was born in Illinois. And, oh, cool. Um, and I now you're in dad, Hong Kong. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm in Hong Kong. Um, and so I saw like difficulty that my dad had with connecting with kids, connecting with students. Right. And, and he taught one of the toughest biology courses. It was the biology course for non-majors. Oh, wow. Which they don't care at all. Like, they're just like, whatever. I'm just taking this class for whatever. I don't Not a whole care. lot of passion his there, initial, is there. No. His initial attendance was 20%. But after wow. two years, his class attendance was over 95%. Wow. And, and, and how and did he achieve that? And he taught me so a few ways. One is he created content that was crazy relatable. For example, one question that he would say, ask, he would ask the students. Number two is make it interactive. But one question would be like, hey, does anyone know why you, when you guys go and drink, you guys, after this class, you're going to go drink, or on Friday, Saturday, you guys get wasted why do some people 
get drunk so easily. Why do some people get red? And students like perk up and they're like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah, I want to learn about it. And he Brilliant. launches into all the enzymes that people have and all that kind of stuff. It's immediately relatable. And then he ties it all the way up to some of the core concepts of biology. And, 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 and so he taught me a lot about engagement, engaging, and creating the right content that's relatable, um, that can break even a non-majors, you know, not break, but connect through even to someone who's a non-major in biology uh, and make them feel excited about biology. Um, but yeah, those are some of the some of the things, but but that was just like something I would mention. Like, so I've, I've had a lot of experience with like with that. And that's and that's a great segue to our conversation about the upcoming summit and our partnership and about your platform. And maybe I'll pop it up uh, as uh, as we're talking about it. And it's you know I've used that term relatability frequently as well of late because that is what you know um, Marsha McLuhan, Professor McLuhan, who I referenced, the media is the message. Um, it was one of his phrases he coined and that when we create the technology the technology shapes us there's that danger that threat and this is about relatability in the visual i'm a very visual learner and what you're sharing right. here is a layout one of your many layouts are you able to do you have anything in 3d like that we're customizing for the event that unfortunately we don't have ours available yeah, sure. to showcase but uh to that point, the more immersive, the more connected, uh, and and the more uh, relatable it becomes, and that's what we were trying to achieve. And and your platform was the most agile that we we knew of that was available on the market. And we're all about excellence and in partnering with organizations that share a common uh, philosophy. And, um, and it's, you know, it's so cool to see some of those platforms that really, uh, make you feel like you're in the room. Right. And, and what I like to say is, you know, the, one of the common, uh, themes again today is the smartest person in the room is the room. And you've got one of the coolest rooms, uh, uh platforms that is available today in, and uh, we're just seeing a, a couple of different ones here. And uh, if, if you're just joining us, uh, we have Hoyan Chung, who is the founder and CEO of Remo, a state-of-the-art collaboration platform. And uh, there you see a, a three-dimensional view of, of one of the, uh, I guess, conferences that you've uh, enabled. Uh, What's what's the the feedback been like for you? I mean, I know the feedback I've gotten about using this platform. It must be really uh, quite rewarding when you're enabling communication collaboration, and in many cases, uh, crisis learning at its best that would have never happened any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I go into that, like, let me just briefly explain what you're, you guys are seeing. Yeah. So, um, Remo is this floor plan, right? And you see me, I'm this little circle right here. You see these tables. 
So when I double click on this table, I just move to this table. I can only talk to the people on this table. Like I'll, I'll see some videos at the top and I'll just show. It's for some reason not just cutting off at the top. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, you'll see videos and people's videos at the top. And so you always see the people's videos on the table that you're at. So the difference between this is that number one is you can choose which table you want to be. You can move there at your freedom, freedom of movement. And you get this visual aspect of who else is there. And it's immersive. Like you can see, you can feel that, oh, hey, this is an event. And you, can, you can feel that way. So the, 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 the feedback that we get is it's this really authentic way to serendipitously like meet people. Like the networking portion is something that we're like really, really well known for that I can network, I can, I can meet other people. The third portion is like, I can go, I can learn and I can talk to my peers, do a workshop. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to be just talked at, they want to talk with, right? A lot of learning is peer to peer learning. And so, and so this is perfect for that because you can then just set your table and, and learn. And, and the third part is, the most authentic Absolutely. conversations and where learning takes place the best is in small group conversations of around four people, two to four people. And when you have conversations that are a bit smaller, that's when people can get intimate and ask questions and learn. And that's what Remo is built off of, is small group conversations. Brilliant. It's, and then, you can also pivot and use it as a one-to-many. Uh, in our case, we, we're going to have right. keynote speakers, and then we're going to adapt, and we're going to have small group conversations and breakout sessions, which the beauty of this is you're not going into some unknown room where you can't see where other people have gone. It's all visual-based, which uh, is really appealing, and it's, it's the term you use, humanizing, and uh, that's the secret sauce in understanding the value and the impact of new technology innovations today. 100%, like people give us a lot of feedback and saying like, this is the most human like experience that I've had. So, you know, you're kind of expected to turn your microphone and camera when you enter here. Like, it's like, it's kind of like if you go to a physical event or you go to, you know, a place like you're kind of expected to like, talk to right. people if someone talks to you right it's the same thing here like you kind of expect to turn your mic and camera and actually talk to people if you didn't then it's you know it's it's okay but um it's a bit you know you'd be like oh it's a, bit, it's a bit rude you know you wouldn't do that in real life so you have to there's like some well, etiquette, like, um, just kind of force some real life etiquette into yeah. it as well well hoying uh it's a fascinating time uh it's you know we're talking about democratizing learning and democratizing technology and, and you're at the heart the, you're at the leading edge of this and kudos to you for your innovation and um uh thought leadership in in making an impact and enabling um the world to continue to learn in a meaningful way thank you thank you robert I really, really appreciate you uh, bringing me on. It's awesome. Well, we really value our partnership in, in launching uh, the platform at our summit and, and making inroads in North America with, 
working with you and uh, the team at, at Remo uh, in humanizing learning, uh, you know, uh, leading beyond uh, the pandemic into future-proofing uh, education. And uh, our event is happening, our summit is October 27th and 28th. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having your team actively involved and enabling our conversation in a humanly and meaningful way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Hoying, uh, I know it's very late in Hong Kong for you. So uh, with that, uh, thank you so much again. That was Hoying Chung, who is the founder and CEO of Rebo, uh, based in Hong Kong. My name is Robert Merlancia, the Mindshare Learning Port. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.